Welcome to What the Tech, your go-to podcast series for the latest in technology solutions, proudly sponsored by ProServe IT. This month, we're diving into the world of AI solutions, Microsoft Copilots. This is the second episode in our five-part series dedicated to exploring the incredible possibilities AI brings to your Microsoft 365 environment. In this episode, you'll discover how Microsoft 365 Copilot can revolutionize your work experience, enhancing productivity and efficiency. We'll delve into the key steps to get Copilot ready, including ensuring data security, optimizing your SharePoint structure, preparing your teams, and most importantly, getting your team on board for successful adoption. Join us as we unravel the potential of AI in the modern workplace, empowering you to do more with less effort. So stay tuned for a fascinating look at this new technology that awaits in this episode of WeatherTech. Welcome to our second AI solutions webinar on Microsoft Copilot. Today, we'll have a look at the Microsoft 365 Copilot and discuss what you need in your environment to be able to deploy it and take advantage of its innovative capabilities. My name is Betty Kwan, and I'm with the marketing team at ProServe IT. Presenting today will be Ben Murney, Manager of Modern Work, in the Modern Workplace Practice here at ProServe IT. With that, let's take a look at our agenda. Today, we'll talk about what Microsoft 365 Copilot is, the top five things to do to be Microsoft 365 Copilot ready. We'll give you some helpful links, and we'll have time for some questions and answers at the end. I'll start with a quick look at Microsoft 365 Copilot. Announced in March, it was piloted with 600 Microsoft customers through a paid early access program. It's an AI assistant for the Microsoft 365 suite of products that most people are familiar with and used by millions of people around the world. In terms of data security and privacy, this productivity tool will always keep your company's information within your organization, and that information will never be used to train other AI tools. Copilot will transform how we work with real-time assistance using natural language in the flow of daily work. Designed to help you do more with less effort and time, it will learn your organizational context and your preferences, and you will get better results the more you use it. We'll play a two-minute video here to give you a preview of Microsoft 365 Copilot. Since it's not yet commercially available, we're not able to provide a demo, but this video will give you an idea of how it works and what you can do with it. Let's start the video, please. Introducing. Microsoft 365 Copilot, your copilot for work. With your data in the Microsoft Graph and the Microsoft 365 to turn your words into the most powerful productivity tool on the planet. It's coming to life in the products millions of people use and rely on every day. Let's see how Copilot can use your customer notes in OneNote as well as another internal document. Copilot quickly creates a first draft. You can turn your Word document into a PowerPoint presentation that you can hone and polish. Let's jump into Copilot in Excel. You start by asking Copilot to analyze the data and give you three key trends. Within seconds, you've got what you need. Triage your inbox, highlighting the most important emails to prioritize. You can draft a reply using data from an Excel file and Copilot will generate a reply for you. The real magic of Copilot happens during a live meeting. 
You can ask Copilot to summarize what's happened so far. You can see who said points were made. You can follow a meeting and catch up to see what you missed, even if you can't attend. I wanna show you an entirely new standalone experience. Business Chat works across all your emails, files, meetings, chats, documents, calendar, and more to turn all your data into knowledge. Now let's imagine you're working on your business strategy. You ask Copilot to pull up quarterly projections and identify related risks. Copilot gives you key data points and flags potential issues. We're deeply committed to listening, learning, and adapting with speed to help create a brighter future of work for everyone with AI. We hope you enjoyed the video. Imagine what you could accomplish in a day if you had a Copilot. You may have heard mention of the Microsoft Graph in the video. This refers to all the information that is resident in your Microsoft environment, including documents, emails, chat messages, files, calendar entries, and more. All these sources are accessible through any interface with Copilot. When Microsoft 365 Copilot becomes commercially available in November 2023, it will be as an add-on to specific Microsoft 365 licenses. Enterprise licenses E3 and E5 and for smaller companies in the Business Standard and Business Premium licenses. The cost will be $30 US per user per month, or $39.50 Canadian per user per month. That may sound high, but how many hours do you think you can save in a month with Copilot? And how much does it cost to pay someone for an hour of work? If you think of it that way, the price is quite reasonable. Initially, the add-on will only be available for companies with 300 plus users, and that have an enterprise agreement for Microsoft licenses. Other availability, another availability has not yet been announced. With that, I'll send it over to Ben. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you, Betty, for the introduction. Welcome to the webinar on Copilot readiness for M360. Uh, I think as we are all ingesting the Microsoft campaign and hype engine around Copilot, Lots of us have seen marketing material, presentations, seminars, et cetera, on what Copilot is going to do for us as a business, how it's going to empower our end users, increase productivity and efficiency. Now that we've had all of the, the, the fun preamble, a lot of the questions are now getting down to the how and what do I need to do to be able to leverage this new powerful and, and unique tool? So that's the essence of this webinar today. As you can see on the screen here, we're going to talk around five topics on what we can do to prepare in our current environment in order to be able to unleash Copilot to our end users, either uh, small groups or even department-wide or even company-wide. We have security and privacy protection. This is the foundation on which everything is built. You need to make sure that your users have access. One of the things that Microsoft has been drilling home in all of those campaign videos and presentations is that Copilot will only have access to that licensed person's world. For example, Ben at ProServe IT, when I use Copilot, I'm only going to be able to access the things that Ben can actually access either as read or write permissions uh, across the Microsoft 365 stack. I will not be able to enter into any kind of things where I do not have the permissions. What we've seen uh, in a couple of companies thus far, this dates back to late last year when Microsoft released the new search features on office.com that uh, environments that don't have the correct 
role-based access or individual-based access securities in place, you do get confidential data leaks. Um, so very important. SharePoint structure recommendations, metadata tagging and governance, these three topics all adhere to the same general area, and that's your SharePoint and Teams, how you structure them. Are they stale sites? Are they templated sites? Do they have correct ownerships? Do you have governance put around them to make sure that data that is old is being archived and removed from your systems? Metadata tagging and naming conventions are going to be important for the secondary retrieval of documents by Copilot. So metadata, metadata tagging, we'll get into and chat about that, naming conventions, et cetera. And then governance policies, considerations. How do I lock down uh, my Teams environment, my SharePoint environment, not so much from an access perspective, but from a data sprawl, a data creation? Who can create sites? How are they created? Are they using templates? When do they get archived? Do I have guest access? Don't I have guest access, et cetera? All these things are very important to consider. And then last but not least, training and adoption. Training and adoption is probably the second most critical piece here after security and privacy. Um, a lot of the other stuffs are nice to have, but if you have a tool, no matter how good the tool is, if it is not used appropriately, it won't be a success. If it's not adopted fully, if it's not championed and communicated, that tool is going to not succeed to the levels that you want it. Looking at what this tool can do and looking at the pricing of this tool, this is definitely something that when you implement it into your environment, you're going to want to have it, uh, have the best chance of success. So we'll have a quick conversation around that as well. On slide one here, we're talking about security privacy. One of the big raging concerns, as I've said, there is, will everyone see everything? And I kind of addressed that in the opening preamble there. Uh, it will be locked down. It will be locked down to your users and their particular access. So it's important to make sure that prior to going in and releasing Copilot, you build a strong base foundation, not only on your folder structures and how you deploy your, your SharePoint and your team sites, but on your end users. Do you have users that are uh, global admins that shouldn't be global admins, maybe should just be admins, just particular things. Do you have sites being owned by a multitude of people uh, for convenience sake that necessarily don't need to? Are there broad ranging groups that you've created and implemented into your environment that actually have access that they shouldn't have by accident that once Copilot is released, it's going to put the power in the end user's hands to find that stuff accidentally, not even through malicious intent. So very important that we have that done. That is going to impact obviously indexing, right? So when we go through and do the indexing, again, back to reiterating the same point, Ben can only find what has been indexed for him, nothing else. So the counterpoint there is on what you need to do to be ready as well outside of that base security function is establish what data you want to have indexed. Uh, as Copilot releases, we do know that a lot of environments probably won't be pristine and prepared. So Microsoft has accounted for this and I haven't seen it. Obviously we don't have access to the tool ourselves yet. But you're going to have the ability to do exclusions, just like we do with web website controls, exclude the site from browsing, et cetera. We're going to be able to exclude certain data. So if you are, have finance, if it's financial data and there's finance in the name, if there's finance in the metadata tagging, 
you'll be able to exclude those from your indexes to ensure as an extra level of protection that people be getting to the data they're not supposed to. Once you've established the rules of your environment and then what you're going to have indexed, if you have data that doesn't currently reside in the cloud, you will need to get that data uploaded over to cloud services. Uh, here, we're obviously talking about M365, M365, SharePoint Teams, OneDrive, uh, Exchange Email, and so forth. Um, you'll want your data in those services. The point below there, where it says determine which external sources you want to connect to, there are going to be some out-of-the-box connections into um, things such as ServiceNow, uh, Jira, Salesforce, I believe is one of the other ones that I saw, uh, SQL databases. So you are going to be able to create inputs into your Copilot indexing from sources that aren't necessarily in your M365 cloud. And they can be either just read one, one directional reads, or they can be bi-directional where you actually write back to that data source. That one is a topic that's a little bit uh, undefined at the moment. And I think what we'll see is a lot of growth and learning once the tool is released to the general availability and people get their hands on it. I think that's going to be really powerful for bringing in other business functions that don't necessarily sit inside your M365. And just a quick note there on how does uh, indexing differ from search. When we do Copilot and it's been indexed and Ben goes to search for a webinar based on Copilot readiness, historically, that search would pull up a document, might pull up a, a SharePoint site or a team site. Um, good kind of targeted searching, but not a lot of context, not a lot of integration points. In the Copilot search uh, with semantic search, what you're going to end up finding is how that particular webinar, once it's posted. So Betty, I worked with Betty and we got together and worked on this. Like you had a meeting about this on this day and here are your meeting notes. And here is a word document that you used referenced inside the slide. It's going to bring you all that contextual stuff. That's going to be really powerful and one of the big tools for Copilot as we move forward. In this one, we're talking about SharePoint structure recommendations, metadata tagging, naming conventions. This also falls into your teams. If your teams, if your company is currently running teams workspaces, this also falls into that category. Most, not all, but a lot of environments these days suffer from an unmanaged chaos, um, where we have lots of roles in the environment who are able to create sites, um, they're able to create sites. They're able to apply permissionings to those sites. And what you end up with is obviously going back to the previous slide, we end up with an unsecure structure. Defining who in your environment or who in your company has the ability to create sites, to manage sites, own sites, um, and add permissionings to those sites is key. The more we get into the cloud, the more we get into the the logical AI systems, we need to start applying better governance on how we deploy our tools. Naming conventions, same challenge. If you're not using consistent naming convention across your environment, it's going to make the co-pilot tool less accurate and less beneficial to you as it might miss data, might miss files, might miss emails, etc. that you would rather it did find. The metadata tagging, that kind of tracks back into, again, both filtering from a security perspective and it's filtering from a results perspective. A metadata tagging is not something a lot of places do. 
But if you do it, or if you're interested in doing it, metadata tagging, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically applying a, a tag on the back end of a word file, for example. And you say that this word file is a finance doc. If we go back to what I was saying in the previous slide, if we've excluded finance docs from being part of the indexed, you know, that word file will not be available to copilot controlling some of the access and some of the reporting features and searchable features through metadata tagging is a high suggestion from our point of view of getting ready for copilot. Non-standard site deployments also talks through what I was just mentioning there. When you have anyone running through, running through your environment, creating sites willy nilly, your lack of security, your lack of naming convention, your lack of metadata tagging uh, suffers, it, it increases and you get bad data sprawl. I think I just saw one quick question jump in the chat there. How do you control, how do you control file naming? There's a couple of ways to do that. Let's do, use SharePoint. For example, if you create SharePoint templates, if you have site templates or folder templates, file templates, you can actually control the naming convention of those files as you spin them up. At ProServe IT here within SharePoint, when we do projects, we have a, what they call document set, a document set. When we spin it up, we'll take the client name, the project number and the project name itself. So client project name number, and it puts it all into the metadata tagging on the files that we now use for that project. And it spits out file names on the front end too. So you see it also, you see it in your file structure and then you see it in the back end of the word document. Hopefully that answers you. And then Dan, honestly, I think that's something businesses have struggled with for a long time. It's always down to the end user too. You can implement policies, you can implement tools, but if users still have access to create their own things, they'll find a way. So you can help reduce it. Good question. Thank you. Your future environment, as you get ready for co-pilot, as you think about how you're going to prepare and use this tool, you want to have your environment as best controlled and managed as possible. You want to have that standardized naming. You want to get that tagging done and you want all the sites deployed through templates. And there's quite a few different ways to achieve that. There are tools, third-party tools in the, in the market. There are inherent tools within SharePoint and Teams, uh, et cetera, that you can leverage to achieve these things for future. As you see here, also current environment, as I mentioned, Wild West scenario. When you're governing your SharePoint and Teams environments without proper rigid control, you get into that whole scenario where people are consistently building things incorrectly. You end up with the data sprawl. You have stale and orphaned sites. As we move into wanting to use Copilot, one of the great features that you've obviously seen or most likely have seen within the, the marketing materials is how Copilot will connect from your emails, your OneNotes, your Word documents, uh, your SharePoint files, Excel, PowerPoint, et cetera. If you are harvesting old data, maybe old templates or old reports, things that are no longer applicable to your environment due to the fact that you have stale and orphaned sites, again, you're going to be returning data that is not dynamic. It's not making you faster and efficient. You're actually looking at things and pulling data that uh, no longer correlates to you. So being able to keep your environments clean, which on the future environment there, you've got law and order and data is clean, concise, and current is very important for Copilot moving forward. And then again, 
we can't really iterate this enough. I know in every video, in every presentation I've watched from Microsoft, the broken permissions and memberships piece comes up. Everybody states how Copilot is, it's dependent on Ben. Ben can find what Ben has permissions to. If Ben has broken permissions, I can find things that I shouldn't, or I, I can't find things that I should. So maintaining proper access and security is really key. So having good user onboarding and offboarding, either through workflows and teams or within SharePoint, or even just a manual standard process through your HR department, even if it's manual and it's checklist, doing it correctly is going to be very key along the whole way. And I know these slides have been very consistent. They've touched on a lot of the same themes over and over again. Whilst they're the same things, there's many ways to get to fixing them. And there's many different flavors of them. So we just want to keep driving the same kind of point home over and over. And this is where things start to differ in our conversations. We're not going to change our outlooks. You don't have to prepare your words outside of some of the classifications and metadata we've talked about. Your OneNotes, you use them. Your Excels, you use them. So where the data is going to live and how the data lives there is key. We've talked about that quite substantially over the last few slides. How people are going to use it and how you're going to adopt it in your environment and how your administrators are going to administrate it are really where we think there's going to be that, that next big change. So it's going to be absolutely critical that you get your end users and however you choose, you might choose two, you might choose 20, you might choose 50. It all depends on your business, your cost, and, and what you want to achieve. But getting them the ability and the education to learn and to use these tools is going to be your biggest, I feel, is going to be your biggest hurdle. And I think Microsoft feels it's the thing because they're actually creating a co-pilot 365 lab online where people are going to be able to get together and talk about the prompts and how you're using it and how you're integrating all the different aspects of the functions that you use on a day-to-day -day basis. And I would always say to both internally and our clients, a tool is only as good as the people using it. If your tool is fantastic, but your people don't know how to use it, then what's the point of the tool? And I think Copilot breaking ground as much as it is in terms of what we're able to do from a functionality perspective, it won't do it if we don't train our people to do so. You're going to need to have broad training, depending on how you're deploying Copilot in your environment. Maybe you're taking it, uh, a couple of people from every department, and you're going to apply a few licenses within each department. Um, but it's also going to need to be targeted. Those who are working in the finance team, whilst they'll probably use some of the same functionalities in Word and Outlook, they're going to need to know or want to know how they can better use Excel and the prompts for Excel and how they're going to be able to drive data uh, into those Excel documents at an even better, more efficient and magical kind of rate. Some of the examples I've seen on um, presentations we've been on for Excel make me think that after 15 years in this industry, I might actually be able to start using Excel more than the 5% capacity I've been able to do for, for so long. It's going to be best done prior to you enabling Copilot in your user base. Obviously, there will be some learn as we go. I think every business is getting prepared for that. It's such a new tool that there's going to be some trial and error. But I think getting your end users a base 
understanding of the tool and some base training around how to use prompts. What would I look at if I was in, I'm on the service desk and I want to know more about my tickets and I want to know more about trends and I want to know more about these uh, particular uh, clients that are submitting tickets. How can I use Copilot to delve that information out of my, sorry, just jumped right out of my head, ServiceNow, my ServiceNow system, the manager. So the sooner we get into that and the more that we are able to empower those users, the better things will be. Worst thing that we see in the industry is, and I think probably there's a few people in this chat that have lived through this, is, hey, SharePoint is fantastic, right? SharePoint is going to be the best tool since the spread, and we're going to put all this work and effort into SharePoint, and then no one adopts it, or it's adopted very lightly, and you're not getting that ROI, that bang for buck out of what you invested in um, because of that adoption. And let's face it, Copilot could fall down in the same way. So... Very important for the end user. Dan, you met, you asked a question here, is Copilot going to be in the Canadian data centers? Our, one of our owners, Jamie McMahon, whose title changed and suddenly escapes me. He's basically like our, he's the guy that keeps on top of all of the, the cool happenings. He mentions today in a meeting that Microsoft is building a, da- a data center a day. So when we talk about data governance, because we do data residency and not policies. It's the word I'm looking for until it's the middle of the week. Data residency laws. Yes, the data will follow the same. It's going to follow the same process. So there are data centers here. So Microsoft knows that they have to be building just a slew of data centers everywhere to contain the the beast that will be co-pilot at the end of the day. It requires a hell of a lot of hardware. Hey, excuse me. Adoption. So there, we talked about training, but there's also adoption. Uh, one great suggestion I saw, and we talked about internally, well, we've created a, an AI council here, ProServe IT. So we have a team that's driving both the implementation and the adoption of Copilot use across multiple practices, multiple functions in the company. Whether it's an AI council, whether it's a Microsoft Teams, workspace, collaboration space, whether you create a center of excellence, whatever it may be, I, it behooves the companies that are going to adopt uh, Copilot to bring a group together that is going to champion this stuff and not only just champion it, but work together. Because again, talking back to prompts and how things are going to flow and how does my Azure team and my 365 team, or how do those resources connect together? By working as a group, creating a kind of buzz around the whole thing, having a place where you can share that information, where you can store that information. If you're tracking, someone might create a one note full of prompts, right? Here are successful prompts that I've had to do X, Y, Z. There's going to be a lot of stuff out there. Obviously the internet is going to be full of YouTube videos. It's going to be full of uh, technical documents, but some of the best adoption and some of the best training that you can get will be by creating that space within your company to get those champions, uh, to get that council together, to create that center of excellence. So can't speak highly enough of having that as one of our key recommendations to move forward, get some people trained up, get them pushing, get them using it and, uh, helping them unlock the power for your business. And last but not least, and 
sorry for the IT team. I used to be on this, this side of the fence too. Get your administrators the, the, the education tools and support that they need. This is not going to be a one and done. As obviously we've talked about, there's a lot of backend configuration. There's a lot of consideration around your actual data. Uh, I mentioned Microsoft Purview, a super powerful, basically cybersecurity tool. It can be used for many things, but it can be used to help lock down all of your data information. The admin centers within 365 themselves are changing. There is a slew of information now in uh, Microsoft Learn to show administrators how they can go through, identify and configure what you need to do in the 365 backend to help Copilot be successful. Uh, get ahead of that curve. Our team here, obviously we have, so here we have, we just applied a bunch of helpful links. These are some great videos from Microsoft Mechanics, YouTube, uh, Microsoft Learn on some of the things that we've talked about here today. Not only how can you use some of the tools, but how do I connect my external data, kind of principles of your approach and the machine learning, so much information on the internet, so much information. And as we mentioned before, this is a journey we're all going to be on together. Everyone's going to be learning. And I imagine the information that we have now is but a minuscule drop in what will be a very large, a large ocean of co-pilot work. We hope you enjoyed this episode of What the Tech. In this episode, we explored the incredible capabilities of Microsoft 365 Copilot and how to prepare your environment for its integration. In our next episode, we'll take a closer look at AI Pyro Chat for Secure Work, Bing Chat Enterprise. We'll unveil the wonders of AI-driven chat solutions that can enhance security while fostering seamless communication and collaboration. Thank you for joining us on this journey of technological discovery. Stay tuned for more fascinating insights and solutions in the world of technology. Until next time.